You're listening to the Ambition Incubator podcast, and I'm your host, Deirdre Morrison. I'll be sharing some bite-sized brain science, thought-provoking questions, and mind-bending ideas about how our brains work, change, learn, and adapt, and how we can use the knowledge emerging from the field of neuroscience to open up new possibilities and make the progress we want in all areas of our lives. Hey there. This week we're kicking off something new here at the Ambition Incubator podcast, and I couldn't have asked for a more perfect guest to help me start it. Recently, I recorded an episode where I gave my younger business self the advice I thought would have made the most difference to my experience and success, and it seemed to go down pretty well. So today, it's my absolute pleasure to have Jessica Teachin here to provide us with her advice to her younger business self. Jessica is possibly the single most accomplished guest I've had on the show so far. As well as being the author of The Exceptional Life Revolution, she's a lawyer, talent management professional, tech enthusiast, consultant, and Gallup certified strengths coach. So with all that in mind, let's hear what Jessica had to say because it's absolute gold. And just so as you know, as we started recording the episode, that was the very first time I heard this letter too. Dear Jessica, it's 2021 and I'm about to embark on an entirely new journey in my career. I was reflecting on business and life and the last 10 years and you came to mind. I know right now you are focused on all the things you need to build, create, and implement in order to create a comprehensive talent management program. But there's something I want to tell you about that you couldn't possibly have known then. I want you to know you are doing everything right, but you can only help bring change at the speed leadership is willing to support it and do it themselves. You also don't need to sacrifice your needs and well-being to be successful. There is a way you can do both, but it may be different than what you see modeled by the leaders you're around today. Know that you're on the right path. Know that you're doing all the right things and forge ahead whilst taking care of yourself as well. Good luck. And yes, it does all turn out right. Sincerely, your future self, Jessica. Wow. (laughs) I absolutely love that, Jessica. Thank you so much. Jessica, that there, there's so much in there to unpack um, because you're obviously about to embark on another leg of the journey now. So this advice that you've given to your former self, what stage were you at when you realized how important that was? Oh, probably just in the last few years where that's really fully I think soaked in. And I I have to tell you, this exercise was pretty uh, difficult because I'm a believer in uh, not having regrets so that everything we experience, we learn from. So I really didn't want to tell the former Jessica or the younger Jessica something that would necessarily change her trajectory because I learned so many valuable things through those challenges. And instead, I really wanted to focus on what would help her enjoy the journey more and what would help her enjoy the experience more and maybe reduce some of the stress that I um, went through whilst facing those challenges. Yeah, that because that really is important, isn't it? Because obviously the Jessica that you are now would not have evolved without the journey that past Jessica has also taken. Right. So you can't really have one without the other. Um. 
the the idea as well that there was that challenging thought of you can't change the environment unless the environment is ready to change as well. I think that's probably something that a lot of people, especially innovative people who are in an organization and they 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 know that change is possible and they want to see and bring about change. Um, can you say a bit more about how that realization helped? Yeah. So I think as a as a young, younger version of myself, that was a challenge I faced almost constantly. So leadership, I I knew where we needed to be so much faster than we could actually get there. And the fr- mm. I would constantly be frustrated with the progress we were making and feeling as though it was my responsibility or I wasn't doing it good enough because I wasn't making as, as fast a progress. And what I realized looking back is that that no matter how hard I worked, no matter how many hours I put in, no matter how good of a plan or program I had, if the leadership wasn't ready for it, if they weren't ready to implement it, hold people accountable to it, make it a reality in the organization, then it couldn't happen yet. And ultimately, all those things did happen, but they couldn't happen as quickly as I would have liked. And it wasn't necessarily anything I was doing. It was the environment in which I was doing it. And so I think that is really what I've learned and, and what I'm taking forward into my next journey in kind of the consulting space is that 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 is a key element for transforming your talent management in your workplace. In order to really have an exceptional workplace, an extraordinary workplace, you have to have leaders who want to make it that and want to do the work and take the steps to do that. And if you don't have that, it's not going to happen as quickly. And so you've really got to be aware of that. And that's something I think is really important if you want to be successful in really creating that exceptional culture, that exceptional workplace. Mm. You know, as, as you're talking there, the phrase that comes to mind is a Bruce Lee quote, be like water. Because it seems like you're talking about an environment where, you know, as an enthusiastic young professional, you had to push really hard to make these changes happen. But maybe the older, wiser Jessica would maybe flow around them more easily and not necessarily try to use force where giving people time or space would um, would bring the same results and less stress and less um, imbalance for yourself. Is that fair? Yes, that's absolutely fair. And I think that's what I saw modeled too. There was this level of leadership that was, you know, email at 11 o'clock at night, push yourself as hard as you can, you know, stay in the office till 8 p.m. And I was young in my career. I didn't have kids yet. So those things were possible for me to do. But I worked far harder and not as smart as I do today because I, I wasn't aware that there was another way. I wasn't aware that I could pick a different approach to leadership and be successful at leading in a different way. And so I think that's something for the for myself as, as the younger self, I would have liked to know, but I think is also helpful for others that aspire to leadership to be thinking about that just what you see modeled doesn't have to be what how you do it or how you lead or how you 
accomplish the same objectives and finding your best flow, your best way is a really important part of the process. Mm. Can I ask you what you think, if, if you were to name some of the characteristics that you think are important in balanced leadership, how, how would you describe those? Yeah, so for for me, I I like to call my leadership style leading together. And I I actually have a whole chapter in in the book that I've recently written on that. Um, And I like the approach where you are with the people that you're leading and you are working together to solve the challenges, the things that are occurring to address the issues. And so you're not looking down from above, you're not removed from the problems and you're not behind. So you're not pushing people forward. You're right there with them, able to coach, develop, provide feedback real, real time. And that's really, I think, the thing that makes leaders the most impactful to the people that they're leading is when they can really coach them in real time. They can really be right there with them, working through the challenges that they're facing so that everybody on the team is really leading together. Everybody on the team is really, they may lean on a designated leader with more experience or understanding, but everybody together is really pushing forward. Mm. That sounds like there's a lot of trust involved in that relationship that you're describing. Is, Is that something that you see as important to leadership? Absolutely. I think it's foundational. Um, I think it's foundational to leadership, but really relationships um, in general, that in order to really build strong teams, build strong leadership, you've got to first get to know the people and then build trust based upon that knowledge. So really understanding who it is you're working with and and building those relationships so you can have that highest level of trust. Mm. I mean, I talk to a lot of people these days who are, you know, setting out on their business journey. They're um, establishing their own business as well. And obviously, one of the things that you need to do if you're going to grow a business is to build a team. And the, the leadership is something, I think, the idea of leadership and the the notion of taking that leadership role is something that holds people back because they don't necessarily know that they have the skills or that they are going to be able to manage and lead these people. Um, where, where would you ask people to start to, to start thinking about this? Is, is leadership something you can learn? Is leadership something that people are either just good at or not? Well, I believe um, anyone can be a leader. I believe anyone can be a leader. And I think that the skills that are required to become a leader are skills that anyone can continue to cultivate and hone. So I don't think you're born a leader. I think some people it may come more naturally to, or there are certain leadership attributes or things that we attribute and say are are characteristic of leadership that some people exhibit more easily, um, but that doesn't necessarily make them better leaders. Sometimes it's those that um, are are a step back that aren't as in front of everyone that aren't, you know, maybe don't have the same level of confidence that actually make better leaders. So so I think anyone can develop those skills. And I think that it can start in the simplest of ways. I think it can start with just really understanding who you are as a person. What are your strengths as a person? One of the things I am is a Gallup certified strengths coach. So I do 
um, training on and and coach people around their strengths using Gallup's Clifton Strength Finder, and using that tool and helping people to identify what is it that I do best in the world and how can that help me lead others. So how can I use what comes naturally to me to lead? And each of us, and I've worked with a lot of managers over the years and a lot of people over the years, each of us does it differently based on those strengths. So if we want to be great managers or great leaders, we have to figure out how to do it in a way that matches who we are as as people. Yeah. And I guess this idea of strengths is really important as well, because um, obviously we can develop certain strengths, but we also have to know when to let other people take the lead with their strengths. And we have to be able to relinquish. I think control is an issue, I think, that is maybe a hangover from an older style of of management and leadership. So is that something you see changing in the business world? Yes, I I think it... I, well, I should say it should change in the business world or it needs to. I think the authoritative control-based style of leadership, it doesn't work in a, in a world where things are changing as quickly as they're changing today because leaders can't stay informed on everything and all the details and everything that's happening to the level that they need to, to really be the ones to make all the decisions. So it's more about coaching and it's more about understanding how to coach the people that you're that you're managing or that you're working with, you know, whether that's formal or informal, to make the right decisions themselves, to be equipped with the right tools to do so. And when I think of or when I talk about strengths, I'm talking about the things that people do most naturally or that come most naturally to them, the things that are most innate with them um, in terms of the way that they think, feel, and behave. And those are things that don't really change. They're the things that are just so natural about us. And, and oftentimes, once we understand those things about ourselves, we can apply them in ways that allow us to be more successful. And we can see where there, there are those partnerships that we need. And so for me, my 34th strength is actually analytical, which is all about numbers and data and, and, and how to put it together. And, um, and so if I have to put a spreadsheet together, I can do it, but I really hate it. It's not fun for me. I don't want to crunch the numbers. I don't want to figure out why it's off by 0.01 or whatever. And so I found that I really need to partner with, and I've got a member on my team who's got high analytical with others to be able to do those things. And that that's so much more efficient. As a team, we can get so much more accomplished if I'm not trying to do everything. And instead, we're dividing up the things that we do based on who can do them best and who enjoys them most. Yeah, absolutely. Because when we are um, doing the things that we enjoy, obviously, they don't feel like such a grind, do they? Absolutely not. Yeah. um, So this is, it, it is a very I guess, fluid and dynamic place to be at the moment, um, this this uh, leadership a- arena. What do you think we should be looking for um, as entrepreneurs? And you're you're leading the way, I guess, at the moment yourself, because that is what you're doing now. But um, if, if you were talking to somebody who was getting to that stage where they're thinking, right, you know, if I'm going to grow, I need to be stepping up to this plate. Um, is there a younger Jessica piece of advice that you would give to that person? Gosh, I so love working with a team 
So um, that's, that's become pretty ingrained for me. The younger Jessica tried to do it all herself. She worked extremely long hours, did every piece and would burn out regularly. And so I think that the advice I would get is that the sooner you find those partners, the sooner you find people that have skills that are different than your own or talents and strengths that are different than your own, the more you're going to actually enjoy your work, the more you're going to enjoy what you do because you're going to do the parts that you love the most. And you're going to have others doing the parts that they love the most. And it's actually going to be really natural and really powerful. And I think I really, I'm a huge strengths, um, you know, advocate because of my work over the last, you know, 10 years and and especially the last six as a certified coach. So I, I really believe strongly in the value that taking that assessment and understanding your strengths. So you can think about who you're looking for, who would be a good match Mm -hmm. to you, um, is is a good good powerful first step Mm. yeah terrific i think there's so much to think about in there jessica um i I don't want to overwhelm people because it seems like um that that is a really excellent place to start would you tell us a little bit about the book what people could expect to see in the book Yeah. So the book that I wrote is called The Exceptional Life Revolution, which is a little bit of a play on words because I think that um, we have to evolve um, our performance, that that is part of getting to an exceptional life. And I think if enough people do that, if enough people start evolving their performance and and their choices and the things that they do in their lives, that that we can start a revolution of living exceptional lives, of living our best life. And so for me, a number of years ago, my purpose came to be um, helping people to live their best life possible so that when they look back on their life one day, they would think, I lived a really great life and my company was a part of it. And so that was my kind of been my core purpose for the last probably 10 years. And now I'm really and and pivoting to want to do that for more workplaces and more people. And so the book is really all about how do you, it's a practical guide for reaching peak performance and creating exceptional experiences in any role. So in our workplaces, homes, and communities, in order to live that best life, in order to, to have an exceptional life. Oh, that sounds like a really useful guide, um, especially for anybody who hasn't quite found the way to um, relinquishing a little bit of that control yet and maybe getting reassurance to take those first necessary steps to to getting on that path. Yeah. And I I think so for me, one of the things I realized is a lot of the principles that I use for for training and talent management in the workplace apply to the other roles that we perform. And the more that I use those same skills or those same strategies and approaches that I use in the workplace, like at home in my role as mother and in my role as wife, the better that my family got, the better that my performance in those spaces got and our interactions got better and our our life got better. And so I started to realize, hey, these things aren't just for the workplace. They're really wisdom and knowledge that exists for any role that we perform in any in any place and that when we use them and when we apply them actively we really see the difference it really makes a difference in our lives and i'm also a big believer in that 
in order to really have an exceptional life, you have to be having those exceptional experiences both at work and at home. Because what happens at home, we can't leave it at home. It comes right with us to work. And what mm-hmm. happens at work comes right home with us. And even given our best efforts, trying to separate the two is impossible. And so if you can have both, if you can create good experiences in both, that's really what creates that exceptional life. That That is a such an interesting thought, Jessica, because this is this is something that I have a big interest in as well, because we're not two separate people, are we? We do these things maybe in separate places, but we're a whole person. And yeah, for, for that balance, I, I guess we talk about it as work life as well, but it is really important that we are able to, as you say, have these exceptional experiences. And we're not talking about skydiving or anything. We're, we're talking about proper time and quality of life and relationships and fulfillment and things as well. So, yeah, that that's that's such such an interesting thought. Well, thank you for I've- sharing that. Yeah, I've even struggled with the concept of work-life balance. For years, I've struggled with that because for one, I was never in balance. I, I love work. I love the things that I do. So I always did more of that. Um, but now that I have a family and I have three young kids, I love that as well. And I think for me, when I came across the term work-life harmony, it finally resonated for me and that it's about both my work and my life being in harmony with each other, which means that one is supporting the other and the and they're supporting each other and that both of them bring me that joy both of them bring me um, and I'm able to, to to live in both of them the way that I want to the way that makes sense for me and what I enjoy like I said I love what I do so working a lot writing this book at night was a joy for me it wasn't it wasn't extra work it wasn't it was it was enjoyable somebody else that might not be the case you know someone else might want something different and so when I talk about living an exceptional life I I say that ex- exceptional lives are as different as the snowflakes in the sky literally not a single one is the same because they're all unique to each person and each family and each group and what you're looking for and what you um, what what feels that way for you. And so it's mm. finding that and then implementing the practices to make that a reality for yourself in your life. Jessica, that is some of the best advice I think I've heard on this podcast so far. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, I am going to put all the details of the book and um, any other links as well in the show notes so people can catch up with you there. Thank you again for sharing your time and your wisdom with us today. It has been absolutely a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great talking with you. Hey, before you go, I want to take a moment to say thanks for tuning into this episode of the Ambition Incubator podcast and just check to make sure you know that you can join me each week for a deep dive, dynamic, collaborative reading of some business classics. You'll find all the information you need when you register for free at ambitionincubator.com forward slash BBC. I'll see you there.